0: well ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's Mel Herbert here and it's Wednesday August 28th and yesterday on the 27th Starhopper did its hopping and it was magnificent it was huge it was amazing it was incredible go check it out go to spacex.com or just do a search and you'll be able to see this really very cool so what went on here so this was a prototype of SpaceX next generation rocket, right? And we're in Texas, right? And what this was supposed to demonstrate was the ability of this vehicle to take off and land in a controlled fashion referred to as a hop. And I'm getting a lot of this from The Verge, which has a really nice review of this. So it's called Star Hopper. Now, this one was equipped with just one engine one main engine the raptor engine and in the future the real machine which is actually going to sit on top of another gigantic rocket is actually going to have six of these raptor engines three of them are going to be optimized to like land on the earth and three to fly through the spacey space so the idea is you have a big giant giant rocket that sends up starship And then Starship will then disconnect and it'll fly around and then it'll be able to come back and land. And this is just one of the tests to see if they can land that puppy. And as I say, in the future, it will have many more of these Raptor engines on it. And we're going to see many more of these hop tests. And these hop tests are going to start to become not like 200 meters in the air, but they'll become 20 kilometers in the air. And then they'll fly it out to space and then they'll bring it back in what is going to be, over time, a series of tests to prove that this is going to work. The size of the big booster, the uh, sort of Falcon Heavy, but even bigger, that's going to push this thing out into space is also going to be tested. So SpaceX has a couple of crews that are sort of in competition to see who can get the first one out into space and back again and landing without blowing up. So this is, as I say, just one of the prototypes of a number of different prototypes, and there's more coming, and they're going to be bigger, and they're going to have different engines, and some of them are going to be the booster part that flies it up into space, and some of it's going to be this top bit, which can then fly it around in space or to Mars and then land on Mars and then fly back to Earth. And it's all incredibly exciting, and you should go check it out. And a lot of people have dubbed this the flying water tanker, but it basically looks like the 1950s sort of um, pictures of what spaceships were. If you watch this video and do not get excited, you're dead inside. You're empty. There's something wrong with you. This is science at its best. It's science fiction at its best. It's humanity at its best trying to get out there into uh, the spacey space and say, we're here. We want to look around. And the technology around this is unbelievable. This was just one Raptor engine picking this thing up, hovering for about a minute and setting itself down. Imagine what I could do with three. Imagine what I could do with five and six, and we're going to see that in the future. This is kind of like, you know, right now when you see the SpaceX rockets go up and they put the satellite up and then they come and land, the Falcon 9s, it's like that. But this is going to be even bigger and better over time. It's going to be huge, it's going to be large, it's going to be grand. And it's also going to, if it works according to Elon's brain, be able to do hops such that you'll be able to fly across the world in under an hour. Uh, LA to Sydney, 30 minutes kind of stuff at a price which he says could be about the same as that for what an airline flight is today. Yeah, you're going to have to put up with some G's on takeoff and landing, but I could put up with that if I could get to Sydney in 30, 45 minutes. Thank you very much. The future is here. The future is now. The future is hopping. Go check it out at SpaceX and places like the Everyday Astronaut uh, website, which is also very good. I talked about that yesterday. It's amazing. Do you remember how you know, the Walmart stores had Solar City solar panels on them and that's now Tesla Energy? And remember how, I don't know, was it seven fires occurred at Walmarts and Walmart is suing Tesla to remove them all and this is a disaster? Well, did you know that the same thing happened at Amazon? So Amazon's now claimed that they experienced a fire in June of 2018. This is from Tesla, right? We love those guys. And a Tesla spokesperson has said this, that at 11 Amazon sites with solar from Tesla are generating energy and are proactively monitored and maintained. Last year, there was an isolated event that occurred in an inverter at one of the Amazon sites. Tesla worked collaboratively with Amazon to root cause the event and remediate we also performed inspections at the other sites which confirmed the integrity of the systems as with all of our commercial solar installations we continue to proactively monitor the systems to ensure they operate safely and reliably amazon for its part has not issued a response to tesla's statement as of this writing which was nine hours ago which was a day and a bit ago for you so there you have it. So not only has uh, there been some fires at the Walmart stores, there's been one at Amazon. And Tesla Energy says that they are proactively dealing with this. Now, we also heard this sort of super-secret thing called Project Titan. Not Apple's Project Titan, which is self-driving cars, but... Tesla Energy's project, Titan, which has something to do with looking for abnormal behavior and abnormal fires and abnormal stuff that has been occurring in the SolarCity installed modules. And so theoretically, what was happening is that Tesla was going up and checking on your stuff to make sure that the optimizers were working and that things weren't going to blow up, but they were trying to keep it on the down low. If you have a SolarCity installed system, you might want to give them a call and say, hey, is mine okay? Have you checked it? Recently, I have a number of systems on my home here. One of them is Tesla, and they just sort of randomly came out a few months ago just to check on it, to see how it was doing. And I'm sure what they were doing was to make sure the optimizers and everything were okay, and that the grounding was okay, that they weren't going to start a fire, because if they have too many more of these, it's a disaster, and everybody's going to want to have their systems taken down. And that would be a problem, because they have been the biggest installer, or were the biggest installer, throughout the United States for a long time. So, yeah, they better be proactive. They better get going. They better say uh, clear emphasis and honesty. Oh, we got this. We fixed this. Everybody calm down. Nobody wants fire up on the roofy roof of the housey house or their commercial properties. Thank you very much. They better fix it quickly. Got an article here from Green Car Reports, which is saying that... Toyota is going to release a full line of electrified vehicles at the 2020 Olympics. So as you know, Toyota has been really conservative when it comes to fully electric cars. Weirdly so, because they sort of, led the hybrid movement for a while and now everybody's just sped past them and it's weird. Now the company is aiming to show off what it calls a full line of electrified vehicles at the 2020 Olympic and Paralympic Games in Tokyo. But it's not clear to me from this article exactly what they mean because they're going to have a bunch of interesting vehicles. So they've got the Mirai, which is the hydrogen vehicle, and they're going to have 500 of these driving people around at the Games. And then they're gonna have these other battery vehicles and some of them are sort of like golf carts and some of them are sort of like standing up cars and some of them are like little train things. So is that what they're talking about? We do know that Toyota and Subaru are working together to come up with electric vehicles together. And Lexus also plans to do a production electric car as well and to release it in Tokyo. But I think all of this is still unclear. So yeah, a couple of interesting electric vehicles for the Olympic Games is great, but is Toyota really going to get its act together, or are they just going to say, well, we're going to have five cars coming, and they're going to tell us that in 2020, but they're not going to come until 2025, that would be a little bit lame. It's very interesting to me why Toyota is so far behind, I mean, they used to be, with the Prius, like, this was the car for the Eco Geeks, and now they're just way far behind. I really think they dropped the ball, and still don't seem that serious about it. It's interesting. I really think they're going to get left behind because the electrification of the motor vehicle seems to be rapidly and aggressively underway. And now with Porsche and others coming out with high-end cars, there's going to be that halo effect, which Tesla started, but I think it's only going to speed up and speed up. So Toyota, what are you doing? And you might be asking yourself, well, how long until electric cars become as affordable as gasoline cars? You know, because the problem right now is that they're a bit more expensive up front. Over time, they're not. But how long until basically you can buy the same kind of car in the electric version as the gas version? And there's this futurist, they call him, this futurist called Willis, who predicts that it's going to be by, are you ready for this? 2023. That by 2023, that there's going to be a bunch of cars that are going to come in a gas form, petrol form, and an electric form at about the same level and by 2026 this is going to be sort of fully baked that's just around the corner. Is that true? Is that really going to happen? And you can read an article, on this one is from, wait for it, ForbesBytes or FossBytes.com. I don't know how actually uh, reliable they are. But it is written well, and it makes a lot of sense in saying, you know, uh, Model 3 prices not too far away from the BMW 3 Series, and now you've got the Porsche Taycan, which not that different from the high-end Porsches, and sort of goes through this list of things where parity is occurring and that this should drop down into the lower price cars. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we could see... By 2023, that basically you can buy the gas version of the car and the electric version of your car for about the same price. And then over time, because of you know the savings you get from electricity, you're going to be way ahead, way ahead. And we've already heard already that a Model 3 and a Camry, which is sort of that not very expensive car from Toyota, over time, over about five years, the total cost of ownership is about the same or better for the Model 3. Now, the hard part, of course, we've talked about is that it's still a bit more expensive to get into initially, but over time, if you can think in that manner, it might be worth you not buying the Camry and getting the Model 3, and it will save you money in the long run, and at the same time, be very clean. But that initial cost is really what holds people back a lot of the time, so I like to hear these things, if they're true, that'll be great, but it's not too long, just like four or five years away, until you can buy these cars... Much cheaper than you can right now. I want to see that. That'll be huge, big, and large. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Mel Hope. The show is Elon Dale. It's part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. You should give us a rating and a review on iTunes. You should become a patron because we're going to do a patron show this weekend. And thanks for listening. Talk to you in the morrow. Hope